Hello, Akaville Radio and lovely Aka people. Welcome oh, to another exciting sad. episode of Talk Appella. I am one half of your host, Brian Alexander. And I'm quitting this show because Brian just said Aka people. <laughs> I'm out. John, I gave you a heads up ahead of time. Come yeah, on, but I didn't. As soon as you said it, like, I'm going to be using some phrases. And I was like, well, that's first off uh, a weird way to phrase that. And also, I was like, well, as long as he doesn't say Aka people like he did last time, I think we're good. Hey, I want our audience to feel special and included in everything that we do here, man. So, well, know. I always said Akaville fans. And I thought that was I thought that was fine. But Aka people, it, it's. I don't know, man. I've been watching a lot of Star Wars lately. The notion of like different species, different kinds of people. How you doing, man? Things going well? Things are going well. You know, it's kind of chilly here in Texas with the fall weather. But other than that, you know, we're surviving. How about yourself? Well, I feel pretty stupid because not only did I get the time wrong for the call today and showed up an hour early, but mm. one, it's not just, but you clearly told me the time, 6 p.m., Mountain Standard Time, and I think I'm just most disappointed in myself because I used to live in Mountain Standard Time, and I still got the time wrong. So that was oh. that was pretty disappointing, and I got my first rejected call from Brian because he was at the gym, <laughs> and that was I was literally sitting here I in Akaville, say- sitting here in Akaville headquarters, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna go record and I'm calling Brian, and I was like, he declined my call. Hey, I wouldn't say rejected, you know, I just uh, more of a delayed answer and response. You know, it's nothing against you personally. As I've told John, when I'm at the gym, I have my routine. See, I always in. answer my phone when I'm at the gym. So I'm like, okay, I have an excuse. I'm, st- I'm still at the gym, but I'm not mm-hmm. working out. So I keep that excuse. Man, the one thing that's on my mind right now, you watch The Mandalorian yet? You got Disney I Plus? Have not, I don't have Disney Plus, man. I really don't have it. Yet. Well, it's pretty freaking good. You got to let me know what you think about it when you get there. But more importantly... We have literally our biggest episode of Tacapella yet with a total of one, two, three, four, five, six people on it. Most we had before oh is five, gosh. and that was before yeah. your time, Brian. Uh, that was back when I me. interviewed the Yellow Jackets, and we had four of them. And right now we have four guests waiting in the wings, and we have two hosts. So, man, this is going to be fun for our editor and producer. Exciting. Sorry in advance, Amanda. But, uh, Brian... Tell us who we're talking to today. Let's bring on our guests. So normally I I do say we have special guests because I do feel every single one of our guests are special. But tonight's guests... (laughs) Are you going to say what these guests aren't? (laughs) Like, (laughs) where are you going with that? (laughs) Wait a minute. Do not put that that out there. No, these guests are extremely special. Actually, even more special because they are members of an acapella group I used to sing with in Salt Lake City. We have none other than members of Inversion. We have Kim, James, Greg, and Alicia. How are you all doing tonight? So good. Awesome. So, so, yeah, so, many. so many. I'm not voices. used to this this many sounds coming out of the computer at once. I know. Ah. <laughs> so j- just so our listeners kind of can get tuned in with us here, why don't one by one we have kind of like a short introduction. Tell us your name and kind of tell us what you do and even what voice part you're singing. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia, why don't you kick us off? I can kick us off. So uh, my name's Alicia. I live in Utah and acapella background. I From 2013 to 2014, I was on BYU Noteworthy. I sang bass. It was so much fun. And I got really sad when it was over. And my husband's like, go find a new hobby. See if anyone else is trying to get an acapella group together. And I did what any reasonable person would do. And I went to Craig's list <laughs> and some dude had posted on craigslist about starting an acapella group in the salt lake oh, city area dude. and i'm like okay this could be real creepy and bad but what the heck so i was <laughs> i responded i replied and to the ad no. no no he was he ended up being pretty cool so i responded to the ad and i come to find that this guy is from texas and i'm like oh i'm from texas he must be cool and so we ended up meeting <laughs> up was. at He was. He he is. Um, Yeah, we we ended up we end. Yeah, spoilers. It's Brian. Um, We ended up meeting at the Neaters in Salt Lake City at the Gateway Mall, and I see this guy who's who looks like he's post college, and he's like looking around like he's meeting people there. And I was like, "Are you Brian?" And it's like, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. And so there were four of us. We sat down at meters. We talked about what voice parts we sang and what our background was. And that's how the group was born. In Inversion, I have t- historically sang alto, but right now I sing tenor because we do not have a true tenor in the group. And so I, as the lowest female voice, I sing that part. 
I'm just going to say that was probably the warmest introduction like anyone has ever gave me kind what? of, you know, describing what? their experiences. Brian, I lay me. on the the adjectives. Well, I, but you, I mean, you you lean more into the adjectives than I do, but still, I think I've given you some pretty <laughs> some pretty good intros. You give me some great ones, you know. I'll I'll give you that, you know, outside of Tacapella, you know. Yeah, you mean when I just introduce you in real life to all the people we meet together in real life when we hang out? Yeah. Exactly. I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I kind of do. I'm pretty special because I was at Brian's wedding. So (laughs) that's a good point. That's a very good point. James, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself? So my name's James Watts. I'm from Salt Lake City, still living in that area. I was introduced to Acapella with voicemail, their Up, Up and Away album. And it blew my mind. And this was this was like back in junior high, you know, middle school age. So after that point, I thought that would be so cool to, to actually be in an acapella group like that. And so I did a little bit of acapella in, in high school just on the side. And then in college, I was I was the bass and vocal percussionist for University of Utah's infrared acapella. And then ever since graduating from the University of Utah, about a, a year or two later is when I found out about Inversion and joined the group there. So I'm still doing bass, if you can't tell by my low voice, and some vocal percussion there and doing a, a little bit of arranging of some of our songs. Great. Greg, Kim? Yeah, uh, my name is Greg Watts. I am James's younger brother. And I can attest, we definitely listened to that uh, Up, Up, and Away album a lot. We used to sing and spit at each other. Back then, it wasn't beatboxing yet. We weren't that good. <laughs> uh, right now, I work as a substitute teacher. And I've been in the group for under a year, so. And Kim? So, I am Kim Watts, one of the four Watts in the six-person group. Unfortunately, we kind of get recruited by family ties. Not unfortunately. It's good. But that makes a lot of us all together. So, I'm married to Greg, so James is my brother-in-law. I'm a bit of an acapella novice, other than appreciating when the random acapella songs come across my Spotify. I was never... I sang a little bit in college, but I didn't... I wasn't in any fancy groups. Groups, but I had seen James perform, and my husband and I decided to try out together, and here we both are. Here all of you are. <laughs> here we all are. We have quite the variance in like backgrounds here, which is yeah. what I always love when it comes to us bringing guests onto the show. So just to kind of kick things off, I'm, I'm really curious, you know, what was the transition like for whoever wants to answer in terms of joining Inversion compared to your previous musical experience? I know that we have some alums of collegiate groups and we have some people that are kind of new to acapella. So what's been like the transition for some of you guys in terms of life with Inversion? Typically for me, I've sung with a choir in which point you have another part, and if you forget the music for three seconds during a performance, it's fine because someone else can carry you for a bit. And there's definitely a lot more individual accountability when you're singing with a small group of acapella where your voice is what's there. Like, there are no other sounds to mask mistakes, and like, there's a lot more personal accountability than I'm used to. Yeah, especially in smaller groups, for sure. Greg, what about you? I had basically the same experience with... I was more used to very large groups. I was in musicals at high schools where people actually did musicals and choirs as well. So it's interesting having just a small group of people. I've also found it weird transitioning to actually being able to use the beatboxing in a show. I've been learning that I'm not as good at beatboxing for more than 20 seconds as I thought I was. I was really good for 20 seconds and I run out of spit and it's <laughs> It's really bad. Hey, so. it's tougher than it seems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, Alicia? Because I know you mentioned that you were a past member or previous member of uh, Noteworthy, which is a really big Why group is? in the collegiate world. You know, I know that they are kind of really a big deal in terms of the collegiate space. And then now mm-hmm. you're making the transition to inversion. What were your kind of expectations? You know, what were you kind of hoping to get out of joining a, a group like inversion? I honestly don't know what I was expecting initially. I mean, I wanted to sing and I wanted to sing with people who knew how to sing. And I I wanted to kind of get that 
that feeling of camaraderie that I had when I was on Noteworthy that I was missing because when I was on Noteworthy, they weren't part of the school officially, but the following year they were adopted by performing arts management at BYU. I knew as I had graduated from school that that was a possibility and that if that was the case, I would no longer be eligible to be in the group. So I, I mean, I was really happy for them, but I was also really sad for me because I wasn't going to get that opportunity to sing anymore. And, and I really wanted to be around people who had done some collegiate acapella or had done some acapella or singing in general, but I wasn't expecting necessarily the same caliber as what I had when I was on Noteworthy because I mean, on Noteworthy, we practiced, we practiced three times a week. And we practiced, each rehearsal was at least three hours long. We recorded in a professional studio. We shot professional music videos. And we were together all the time. But I knew that post-college, with my career and everything, that wasn't going to be something that would really be feasible. And so I wanted something that was a little bit more low-key. Not necessarily like low expectations, but I wanted something where I wasn't required to practice in rehearsal nine hours a week and then practice that same amount on my own outside of rehearsal. We had lots of choreography when I was on Noteworthy. I was anticipating less choreography, not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I didn't want to be the group of old guys on Pitch Perfect where (laughs) I'm washed up and I'm just really trying to stay in collegiate acapella, even though I'm the old lady and no longer in college. And I think I I like the demographic that we have in the group. I am the oldest, which I'm not unfamiliar with because when I was on Noteworthy, I was a second year graduate student with four freshmen in the group. But I mean, it's it's been fun. It's been fun to be interacting with the other individuals in the group who are kind of in the same, same stage of life that I'm in. There hasn't been anything that has, I guess, not exceeded my, or not met my expectations. I think that makes sense. And one thing that we talk about a lot on this show, obviously, is the sense of camaraderie in acapella. And that's something that I think everyone looks for in an acapella group, as you just kind of put, Alicia. James, what's it been like for you specifically in terms of having a community where a, your family comprises like a big part of that social circle? Because I think that's something that's pretty unique to this group because we often talk about, I, I like I want to join a new group to meet new people. Through the acapella sphere, I've met Brian, I've made a bunch of contacts who are just people I can talk to about acapella and explore that art form. But when it's a group, when it's a, not only a group, but it's a small group and it's one comprised of a media family members, I got to imagine that's a really unique social atmosphere. And I'm curious of what that's been like for you to navigate that. Yeah, it is. It is definitely unique. And frankly, I mean, inversion is pretty much my entire social life because post-college I'm working full time and everything. And so this is my social life. I don't have anything other than this. Thankfully, and and Greg can attest to this, me and my family are, are like, we're all like really close. And so hanging out together as as siblings and as family members is actually pretty normal for us. We love to do it all the time. You know, we'll have Sunday dinners together and and stuff like that. And we all come from a very musical family. And so singing together is really not that abnormal for us. It's when we get together, you know, we'll often sing or, you know, hang out and and have fun together. So, So that's fun. In the aspect of when I first joined the group, I joined with my wife who had to leave the group for a little while, but is now back in, funny enough. So she's the fourth Watts in the group. And we originally joined partially because I, I missed that after having left being in a collegiate group at the University of Utah. I missed being able to do that and performing and writing arrangements. When I found out about Inversion, it was really, it, I got really excited and I I thought, hey, you know, maybe I can I can be back in a group again. And so at that time, it was it was more of a selfish reason. Just I wanted to to be back in the acapella scene, but also to to make no friends. And now three years later, almost now that the group is two thirds my family members, <laughs> it is a little bit different there because the social aspect of meeting new people isn't quite as a big a thing in the group mm-hmm. yeah. at the moment. But I mean, that that doesn't mean that it has to be, it doesn't mean that I'm not still meeting new people. I mean, we, we still hold auditions all the time when we can. And so, yeah, I don't really know what to tell. No, I mean, I think, I, I think that just gives us an, 
a nice glimpse into an acapella group with a pretty unique structure of members who are all coming from one specific place. Because often we talk about acapella groups as very eclectic, and obviously this one still is, but still drawing from one kind of specific place, in this case a family. I think it's it's just something we're not used to seeing, and I think the everyday like college freshman who might listen to this podcast would probably be curious about like, okay, well, what's navigating that like? So thank you, thank you for that insight. Yeah, and with that, John, I'm like, it's very interesting because now that we're on the subject of family. I, I never really thought about the makeup of the group during my time with yeah. it. did have the pleasure of singing with Inversion at the same time that both James and Megan were both members of the group around that same time. We also had another couple, Patrick and Leslie. They were a married couple. And I never thought about a group kind of centered around family in a sense. Mm-hmm. And that was the first group that I had really been a part of where they were very well family members and it made things run a bit more seamlessly in terms of they could lean on one another yeah. to get their parts down. Down in terms of committing to gigs and things, you know, it just kind of made scheduling and everything just kind of work a little bit. The way more commitment smoothly. is framed is totally different. It's not like yeah. I'm letting down, like, I don't know, I'm not letting down this person who I met who I want to like get to know better and be in a group with. I'm letting down like my spouse or I'm letting down, you know, someone who's who like is in my immediate family. That totally, that's a really good point, Brian. That totally changes the social workings of like these things that make acapella groups run. And even in a way, we're a six person group, but we really only have four schedules to deal with because husband and wife, you have to sync your schedules anyway, just by fact of being married. And so it kind of makes the group feel smaller in ways that a big group would otherwise be difficult, I think. Right. I'm curious, uh, especially to uh, the members who have family involved with the group as well. But of course, Alicia, feel free to speak as well. In terms of commitments and, you know, and balancing, you know, your time with the group and then balancing time that, you know, you spend with one another outside the group, balancing, you know, if you have kids or, you know, you're married or jobs and stuff, how, how do you all find a way of balancing? balancing all of that Mm -hmm. in terms of your everyday life. I don't have that problem. My husband can't sing, so (laughs) (laughs) we're good there. Well, uh, you can also I mean, he can't. He can. He's gotten a lot better. (laughs) Right. And from what I remember, he also helped with, you know, the website and, you know, recording performances and stuff. So He did a little bit. He doesn't do so much with the website now, um, but James does. So that we've kind of taken that in-house. Yeah, I've, I've taken over the website. Actually, I have a quick question jumping off of your point, Brian, if you don't mind me throwing in a slightly different direction for a second. Oh, I'm, I'm curious, Alicia, what's it been like for you as someone who isn't part of the immediate family that makes up <laughs> most of the group? What has that been like? Because we're talking about navigating social structures and how it affects how the group runs. I've never been in a group with people who are also related to each other. So what's that like for you as someone who's not part of that structure? Don't get me wrong. It's been fun, but we feel a little left out when someone from the Watts family will say, like when we're talking about outfits for the group, they'll say, oh, we have matching Christmas sweaters. And then Elisa, who's in the group, she and I will look at each other and we'll be like, and we don't. So that's out. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's fun though. I love sweaters. Sorry. What about in terms of how like the actual like how the group runs, like your time in rehearsal, your time in how you're kind of just navigating the everyday like ins and outs of a group like that. I'm curious right, at how, right. how it affects you and how you, I don't know, just how, how does that feel uh, besides like these kind of bigger, like kind of funny moments? Right. I think we've actually been able to navigate it pretty well. One of the things we do, and James has been very instrumental in this, is he creates an agenda, what we're going to be working on during each rehearsal. And then we kind of, we go through the songs. If we've had trouble spots, we'll stop. We'll go back. We'll hit those spots. I do think that sometimes it's a little bit easier for us to go off on tangents because two thirds of the group are in the same family, which I mean, that's not necessarily why we get off on tangents, but it does create an easier avenue for that to happen. I mean, because I mean, my time on Noteworthy, we got off on tangents all the time and and none of us were blood relatives. Well, none of us were related at all to each other. But when we're together in inversion rehearsals, it's really easy for someone to say, oh, well, this is a really bad example. Like at our rehearsal this week, Kim was like, well, James and Greg's older brothers in town, which was definitely for, there was a purpose for us talking about that because it did affect, it was going to affect our rehearsal schedule. But I mean, let's say that had nothing to do with anything with rehearsal. Like I said, it's a crappy example. It's it's just easy to kind of get off on stuff like, oh, well, this happened or oh. It's applicable to everybody then. So everyone's like, oh, right. yeah, right. I could, I could see that. That 
That right. makes it's, a lot of really sense. It's really easy for stuff to come up that's not applicable to all six members in the group. Yeah, but is it applicable to like 80% or 60% or whatever? And right, that, right. So that would make sense. Uh, members of the Watts right. family, what do you think about that? Are you trying to start like a civil no, war but, here? No, but, 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 it's, but it's a really <laughs> fascinating <laughs> social situation <laughs> that I think is that I just... The closest I've ever come to this is I had in my all guys group in grad school, I had a couple that was in the group, uh, two guys who were dating each other, and they both auditioned for the group together. One got the other to audition, and that was great for me. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. They're going to hold each other accountable for being there. But like a lot of times one would be there and the other wouldn't. And I'd ask one of them, hey, where's the other one? He's like, I don't know. I I think it's interesting in terms of, I mean, you guys have kind of already said it in terms of how things run, in terms of scheduling, in terms of how are we just navigating rehearsal and navigating these situations but also in terms of how you're relating to one another and distractibility or just having things that come up in rehearsal that like people want to talk about for a little bit as a fun side thing that has a whole different weight when it's applicable to all these different people because they're all from the same family and I think that's something that even if it's not family related like let's say you have a bunch of people I had a couple of people in from band in my group but they weren't in the same band so it didn't matter but if someone brought up like the band professor or something they might get going on that whereas if it's just one person that's not an issue and I don't think people bringing up things not related to rehearsal is a bad thing I think that's kind of where the character of a group comes from but it's just curious at how these things are framed and how you might see them depending on their potentiality I don't know if that's a word to like either take (laughs) rehearsal to a slightly different place and it's just it's a different animal that we're kind of analyzing right here and I think it's pretty fascinating yeah and frankly John I'm like this is kind of like uncharted territory in the sense of this dynamic that we have because I like to pride myself on someone who's kind of up to date on a lot of different groups and frankly i've never seen yeah. a group makeup the way that inversion is like most of the groups that i've seen they might have two brothers who are relating to mm-hmm. group. I'm thinking like six appeal or i know a, a, a vocal jazz group here in texas and there's a husband and wife and sometimes you get that dynamic i'm like i can't think of any group that really has like multiple members or like related like the only yeah the only one i can think of related. is sometimes you see like quartets of like families i think it's like vintage mix or something like that mm-hmm. where they're all siblings that's one thing but they're also kids so that's also like i don't know when are we holding practice i don't know (laughs) when mom's done using the bonus room or something like that or when the kitchen's clear um but this is such a unique social situation i think i think that's a really good point i wish we had the chance to like i don't know interview more families about this stuff like how does this work or or you know more couples or more people who are in just slightly atypical group combinations and group layouts that reveal things that more typical groups or more like everyday groups can kind of take from that i know for me when i had these two guys who were dating each other in rehearsal that gave me a good sense on how the sections related to one another how the tenor twos felt in relation to the baritones but it's totally different depending on again how your group members are related to each other and it's it's really just interesting stuff yeah, I think our next course of action is we have to get the Osmonds <laughs> on the show now. That's the only way this is going to go. I mean, but off. actually, speaking on this, I know uh, we did have a really great episode where Brian's wife, Laura, came on the show. Uh, and, you know, she hasn't sung with him in a group. But it was, again, cool to just get, like, a, a again, a familial perspective on the acapella art form as it affects one member of that partnership that again a lot of people just don't consider because most people don't have to worry about it like it may be if they're in school together like they both go to college or maybe if they're in like a high school group together but this is something that a lot of groups don't have to deal with and as a result i think some of the pluses and the bonuses and the situations that these groups are involved in uh we they don't have this great of understanding of them and people who are in more typical groups can learn from these groups that are comprised in of members that are related to each other in a different way. I think one thing that Alicia mentioned it briefly is that we have an agenda and we have a really set schedule when we rehearse together. Cause I think we've talked about like, it's really easy for people who are close in any way to get off on tangents, but even, you know, it's been a good long time that the group has recognized, like we need to have, a set agenda and a list of things to accomplish in our two hour rehearsal. And I think that helps us. First of all, it helps with not getting on tangents because we're like, all right, guys, we've got a schedule to keep to a little bit. But also like it helps us with the potential power dynamic that could James has been in the group for so long. And then here we are family members coming in and also Greg's his little brother. So there's a lot of potential for like, James to like take over all the power and are you saying I, know, I haven't unrighteous dominion or something? <laughs> <laughs> 
when someone maybe isn't pulling their weight or there's like a more uncomfortable topic that you have to broach. I'm curious about how you guys go mm-hmm. about discussing that with me. I don't know with my students who I teach, you know, it's I'm, I'm in one, clearly one position of power and that's, that's very easy. Even when I was in my groups in undergrad and grad school, like it was very clear how we would go about addressing issues like, Hey, Danny, you didn't, I always use the name Danny. He was someone in my group, but he always had, he always knew his stuff, but like Danny, you didn't, <laughs> he's been on the show before. And I wonder if he tunes in and hears me just bashing him as like a random NPC in this fictional acapella group. But like, Hey, Danny, you didn't like learn your part and like kind of having to hold someone accountable for that. That's, you know, that's kind of an awkward thing to do, especially like, what do you do if it's a family member? And uh, maybe you guys just haven't run into yeah. that, but I'm curious if that's something that, that has happened or how do you navigate it? My guess is that because you guys are like close that you can take that constructive criticism pretty well and navigate that effectively. But I'm curious, what's that been like? And to add on to that with John, I'm like, is there an element of, do you first go to Mm. that spouse to bring this up or a, do you, you know, is there a comfort level in the group that I'm like, Hey, we're just going to say whatever here, you know, how does that work? I'm really curious too. Great question, John. As an outside observer, the Watts are really good at criticizing each other, whether it's music or anything else. Like, just that's kind of their family dynamic. So it's constructive criticism. They're not just tearing each other (laughs) down, but their family dynamic is that you correct each other and it's for the benefit of the other person. And so... Yeah. And we've got years of working with each other. I'm the younger brother. I'm 26 years old. So that's 26 years of us singing at each other, taking turns, who's beatboxing, who's the bass. The way you relate to each other is more developed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's a lot of years of experience of blending with James's voice so that we don't have to spend quite as much time on that when, um, in rehearsal time. I'm going to speak to this. Not, I mean, obviously not like the family telling family when they're not pulling their weight or giving criticism and stuff like that. And, and Brian, feel free to chime in. When we first started the group... <laughs> We had a member who was not pulling her weight and we actually discussed it with her in a rehearsal. We said, Hey, you really need to work on your blend here. I mean, everyone else, their blend is more coral and breathy and yours is really bright. And she knew her notes and knowing her notes was fine, but there was no improvement on the blend. And as the founding member of the group, Brian got to deliver the blow of letting her know she was no longer welcome in the group. Brian, I never so, know you had to do that. Yeah, that was tough. I'm, I normally don't publicize that. I've had to do that more times than I care to admit. In the history of this group, it's only happened once. That doesn't mean it will never happen again. And that's, I don't we want hope that, that to, it never happens well, again. I don't want that to come out of context by any means. That's not going to right there. I just, I don't like to speak in absolutes. And so it's, I mean, it's possible it could happen again. It's possible it will never happen again. But, I mean, we, we don't really know the future. And we've had members in the group who weren't pulling their weight who actually took themselves out of the group because, like, we had one member, and she's she's really great. I know her from grad school. But she actually messaged us and said, hey, you guys, I feel like I am the one holding this group back. And because of that, I would like to go ahead and step out because I think you guys will be able to improve yourselves and be a much better group together without me. I'm sure that was, it was really, I, I mean, I really admire her for doing that because it takes a lot to kind of admit to that. Brian, do you recall this at all? Yeah, and I, I, won't, I won't use any names. So I think I know both people I'm that you're sure, I know you do. To, um, <laughs> and they are both they are both wonderful people. Yeah, they're, they're very yeah. nice people in general. They contributed to the point that they really helped the group out. And then their terms of the first person, you know, it just got to that point where, hey, you know, as Alicia said, they just weren't pulling their weight. To add on that, I think what you typically find in a lot of post-collegiate groups is the maturity level is yeah. a little right. bit higher. And so you're able to either, hey, approach the group and be like, hey, this isn't working for us. And you're able to, you know, pinpoint people, you know, if it comes to them, like, hey, you know, th- don't take this as any kind of offense or anything, but hey, we need you to step it up a little bit so the group can benefit as a whole, or they're able to realize themselves that, okay, I'm not doing something to pull my own weight, so let me see what I can do. And for the most part, yeah, everyone is really cool about it. They'll be able to recognize, take that information, take that criticism, and be like, hey, it's not a personal target, it's for the sake of the group. Which, And that's one of the really big benefits of post-collegiate groups is everyone has an understanding and a maturity level that really helps to propel groups. 
And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and continue our conversation with members from Salt Lake City's very own Inversion. And we'll be right back. All around the world, there are amazing acapella concerts going on all the time. You can't be to all of them, but that's what we're here for. So catch Friday Night Live every Friday at 9 p.m. East, 6 p.m. West, where we bring you live concerts from all around the world. You can be there in spirit, even if you couldn't make it in person. And you can catch them again on rebroadcast Sunday at 11.15 a.m. East, 8.15 a.m. West, and 12 hours later... Be there. And welcome back to Tacapella. I feel like I'm on like a early morning cartoon where they're just like trying to, all right, we have to like, or like Disney Channel where they're always like, and you're watching Disney Channel. Uh, you know, one of those little things where they draw the little mouse with the thing. Okay, everyone, we're, if you couldn't tell, we're back on Tacapella with members of Inversion. We've been uh, really, it's been really fun having, oh man, I'm just going to list all the names off Kim, James, Greg, and Alicia here all today to just talk about the unique makeup of their group, primarily being like, mostly made up from the same family, which has been a really fun topic to dig into in our second segment today. We're going to flip the script a little bit, jump to the other side of things, and just kind of ask, as a group in Utah, hobby group just made up of a you know bunch of people just trying to do acapella together, What what's, what's it been like? How have things been going for the group? What do you guys kind of define as success for your group? And how have you been trying to like, quote unquote, make it in on your terms? I think the success for us is finding gigs and doing more live performances and really getting our name out there so that we can continue to grow that. I think last year it was probably, I mean, during the Christmas season last year, at least, or especially, it was probably one of our more successful seasons as a group. Oh, James, help me out here. We had how many gigs in like a week, in like a 10 day period? Yeah, we had nine performances. Ooh within the the Christmas season and that was basically within just like a two week span. Right. And it was it was really busy, but it was really fun. I mean for for me personally, I enjoy the live performance and being able to kind of connect with people through that. Um and, and that that is success to me. Um our group has made like one official, like really low key super low budget music video for Halloween one year. Um, but I mean, I mean, in the future, that's something that I would like us to explore a little bit more. Yeah, I was gonna say, and man, that's a, a huge step up from <laughs> my time with the group. I remember that first year, we only we did maybe two performances in that <laughs> uh, first year around the holidays. I think our very, I think we only did one. One? I remember it was a house party. It was kind of It like was a-, a house party, yeah. Yes. And it was our very first <laughs> performance. Acapella at a house party. That's Those are two interesting <laughs> little cultural spheres that I do not yeah. see mixing. Well, it was more like one of the guys in our group, his office was having, you know, a few people, kind of a low-key Christmas oh, boy. party thing. <laughs> right. And so right. it wasn't like a typical, like rager type house party okay (laughs) i mean i i'd like to see a rager house party like college post-collegiate and like yeah guys i brought my acapella group like what that just screams to me now you're getting into like the pitch perfect with the party that they had you know kim what about you as someone who doesn't have quite as much acapella experience coming into this group what's it been like for you in terms of defining success for your group and what what are you kind of hoping to get out of it and how's that been going so originally i was interested in joining the group just because i love music and i loved the choirs i was in and i knew people in inversion and so that was appealing as far as success like personal success for me so far has been getting used to the feel of a small group where it's really just you have to rely on each other. Listening is so much more important than it was in my gigantic choirs. Just for me, success has been kind of getting on board that train. I do think the group has a lot of potential everywhere we go when we do gigs. People are like, oh, I remember you from last year and we loved you guys. And so I think that's really cool to have people recognize the group, even though I wasn't part of it, you know, last summer when people were starting to recognize this this particular gig, it's cool to be part of something that people are starting to be a little bit more familiar with. I like, I don't know, I think that's a really cool success the group's achieved. Totally. Greg, what about you? I honestly feel like success is having fun with it. I don't feel like sucking is fun, but I feel like performing is fun. (laughs) Having sucked a lot can confirm. Not fun. 
No, I feel like as long as we're having fun with it, this isn't how I plan on being famous. I plan on becoming famous through substitute teaching. That's that's my get rich scheme. <laughs> that was me last year. <laughs> I figured this is a great time to spend time with a lot of uh, fun people and making a healthy group that is surviving and performing and that I find that to be fun the, what we've I say we've created again I've been in here less than a year but what's been created and keeping that going uh keeping that torchlight I find that to be fun so I think that it, with success in the group as long as it's fun I feel like you're that's successful for me. And Greg, you're mentioning a, a lot of reoccurring themes that we've we've discussed with some previous uh, members of post-collegiate groups in terms of the aim and the goal of what people come into these groups looking for in terms of fun and, you know, community. And, and Kim mentioned a lot about community as well. And I, I think that's so important to note because there are some people that will leave a collegiate group and their notion is, hey, I, we were really big at doing ICCAs. We did all these other competitions. We released 15 albums or whatever the case would be. And we have to have so this high level of success. And I think what the common theme that I've heard quite a bit on this show is in terms of post-collegiate groups and hobby groups is, you know, they're looking for something that gives them that satisfaction that maybe they can't acquire within a competitive space. You know, it's more yeah. about just kind of that self-fulfilling, you know, what am I looking to uh, latch onto that really just makes life enjoyable and allows me to keep up with this art. That's something that we've, uh, well said, Brian, that's something that we've definitely talked about in this show. I think about our episode with Amanda Corneglia, where we talked about kind of going beyond the ICCA model and beyond the winning all the competitions and stuff. And she talked a lot about how her highlight was uh, international exchanges with acapella groups where they'd go to other places and like her like most satisfying thing, at least I think, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but like was doing these these um, kind of clinics with each other where groups of different cultures were sharing different music, stuff like that. Uh, James, what about you, man? What is it for you that like why you do this group and what are you hoping to get out of it? Well, I mean, as I said earlier, this is my only social life, so <laughs> I, I kind of need it for for that, for, you know, getting out of the house. Only if we actually rehearse at my house, usually. <laughs> we, we usually rehearse at my house, so I don't get out of the house. So you're getting out I guess less I do than for, what you were hoping. For, for, are you getting out of your room, at least? That counts. Yeah. yeah. It counts. Uh, yeah. More time in our front room. No, um... No, so there, so there's that. There's the social aspect and and having fun. And I think one thing that I would measure success by personally is just this last year. So up to this point, for the most part, when we get new mem uh, new people uh, auditioning for the group, most of the time it's friends or family members that we've kind of coerced or <laughs> you know tried to try to convince to to come and, and try it out and that's how most of the group has been over at least the span of the time that I've been in the group but something that was really cool just this last January February or so is we had somebody audition for the group and get in he just found us online he didn't know any person in the group personally like the fact that we have some sort of a presence out there that people know who we are without actually knowing people know who we are as a group don't know as people even yeah. if they don't know who we are as people i'm pretty sure he said he read something about us on reddit of oh, all places reddit so I was okay like, that's what? interesting because the reddit sure. the acapella subreddit is dead there's nothing on there <laughs> anytime yeah there's are nothing i really thought i could have sworn it was that and he said i posted like to see if anyone wanted to start an acapella group and someone replied to me and said why don't you go audition for inversion that's and then he looked at some of our youtube stuff anything that is posted to the acapella subreddit i upload i'm like thank you for being here like no one else is no one else comes here <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, with that, I'm like, it's it's crazy because Colin, one of the uh, uh, founding members, mm -hmm. that is how me and him right. uh, first communicated. We Reddit? found each other on Reddit. Yeah, because he posted. Brian, what's your username? Uh, I'm not I know. That. I know you won't. Really Even if you started that. to tell me, I'd say, no, you're not supposed to. You you wouldn't believe me if I told is you. It, what my is it as good as your uh, your Instagram handle that we keep secret? In my opinion, it's better than my Instagram okay. handle. But... Before episode 100, you got to tell me this. <laughs> 
All right. On your last episode, I will reveal all my, Sounds good to my me. online handles. But yeah, anyway, so that's kind of crazy that the acapella Reddit, subreddit is not taking off anymore because that's how I found one of the original members of the group. So, you know, crazy things happen. I'm curious, again, as a group, small group that is, you know, getting, that's been going for a little bit. What are some of the challenges you guys face? Tons of groups face different kinds of challenges. A collegiate group might deal with their conflicts with the music faculty, whereas a professional group, you know, funding. For a hobby group, it's a lot of times I feel like it's scheduling. What, and obviously we talked about how you guys subvert that, but what what are some of the challenges you guys are facing right now? I think one of the biggest challenges we face is turnover. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe, maybe not something right this second, but in the group's history, that has been something that we have struggled with. I, I think when we first started, Brian was singing tenor. Oh, yeah. And I, was. Yeah, <laughs> I remember and, that because we sang a version of like, I'm going to lose you. And that was really high. For really me. high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, and that was hard. Yeah. It was really hard for us to find a tenor. I think our first solid tenor was also named Brian. Well, that's just kind of weird. Did you have to was, fight him, Brian? Was, <laughs> no. oh, okay. There were no fights, no fight club action. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really, really it. fun, fun time. But it, because of the stage that we're in in life, like most of us are, well, I think everyone in the group has since graduated from college, but we've had members in the group who were at the tail end of college, whether it was, I mean, very few undergrad, but most master's degrees. And once the members of the group finished their degrees, it was, oh, time to find a job. And mm-hmm. Sometimes the job took them out of state. Like we had a bass and Brian, our tenor, who ended up moving to Idaho for jobs. And so it was really, really unfortunate because they were both pretty solid members of the group and we lost them to that. And then one of the other married couples that we had early on, Leslie and Patrick, um, Patrick was in med school and he got assigned for his residency in Arizona. And so they're still there, but we've, we've just had members in the group where because of the stage of life that we're in, sometimes that results in them leaving the state and keeping a group together that does live performances when we live in multiple states is not exactly feasible. I mean, from my perspective as one of the original members in the group, it's it has been a challenge historically. Yeah, I'd imagine that's, I, I mean, you already said it, but like with a group of young adults post-collegiate, that totally 100% makes sense that turnover would be kind of your biggest obstacle. I've been kind of thinking about like, what are the main obstacles that each kind of group faces? I think like high school groups, it's commitment. Collegiate groups, it's a bit of commitment, mm-hmm. but it's also just like so many different things going on at the same time, trying to carve out time for that post-collegiate turnover kind of and, like competing interests yeah i mean compete yeah especially collegiate yeah. definitely competing interests right, right. um and i think the more that we kind of talk about these things in forums like this or on reddit or wherever the more we can kind of i, I mean no one's going to figure out a solution to make like brian move back or whatever something like that um but, I, but, i've uh, been but, trying <laughs> to tell him i've been trying to make that happen but i mean i've been trying to get him to move out to oregon um or i'm just gonna no uh-huh. I, i've made a lot you of jokes about him. showing up in uh in texas and be like hey man i'm gonna be over yeah. tonight just like everyone's welcome in texas okay so. you okay you say that and then I'm going to knock on your door and Laura's going to be like, how did he find us? Like, what? How, how did he find us? Okay, yeah. I need a little heads up if you're going to do okay, that. Well, you, you didn't say that before. So, uh, <laughs> But the point is, I think the more we talk about these kind of systemic issues that different kind of groups face, the less scary they become and a lot they become a lot more feasible. Like when I tried to start a uh, group in high school, it was just like lack of interest or lack of commitment. And then it's the, you know, everyone faces these things. And I think a lot of people can easily think they're the first people to deal with it. And will try to come up with these solutions on their own, where in fact, like, okay, especially now with like places like the Casa Facebook group, you can go on like, hey, I'm struggling with this here. And I'm in this stage of my life. And this is what's going on. Yeah, I got to imagine that I, I'm not surprised that turnover is the, is the biggest thing. Because I know I was looking to join a group right after I graduated college, but I moved back to Oregon and I was in Oregon for nine months and then I went off to grad school. So like, had I joined a group then, I, I wouldn't have been there that right. long. And that's, those are one of those things that there's probably not an easy answer, but there's also like, I think a lot of potential answers that, that are out there that more people, you know, I hope share through forms like this to kind of just find the, the ways to develop a kind of like, this is the term I keep coming back to, Brian, that we, when we had uh, Chris Richel on, like institutional memory, it's not institutional because we're not all one group, but 
coming up with solutions that become much more common knowledge within a community that are then used to kind of combat systemic issues. Right. And, and a final thought on that as well is something that that's important to consider is a lot of the members of our community, you know, they're they're mid 20ish, you know, sometimes a little bit younger than that. And there's so much development still yeah. going on in that space. There's still a lot of discovery and trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do. And I think a lot of our community, they have they have had either high school acapella experience or they have collegiate acapella experience. So it's natural. It feels almost natural to once you get out of college, I'm like, what's the first thing you want to do? I want to go and be part of another group. And you join and you find another group and you latch on to it for a little while, not realizing, you know, you know what I'm going to do professionally outside. Am of I getting married soon? You know, yeah. Am I get- there's so many other things that are going to play a factor eventually, but you know, the, you know, you're not, you're just thinking on what feels comfortable at the end of the day. And so a lot, like we're mentioned, we're talking about turnover. We're talking about, you know, people discovering who they are and things. And it's just like, it's almost like second nature just to really get yeah. a lot of these things when really, you know, as you said, we need to be having these discussions, uh, whether it's with other people or internally, just really trying to figure out, you know, where, where does this all fit? Having those kind of real self-reflective conversations, and I think the conversation we've had today shows a group that is very understanding of their social dynamics, and Inversion clearly has a good understanding of not only what they want, but how where they are in life affects what the group can be. And I think that's important because I think it's really easy to just be like, I'm going to make a group and your passion, my passion for it's going to see us through. It's like, well, if you have a kid or you have like two kids and like, you know, like your wife's out of work or, or, you know, whatever, any of these things, like it doesn't matter how passionate you are. You don't have the time for it, but a group, I think the self-awareness that you guys have shown just in our conversation today is something that groups should, you know, be willing to look at yourselves and be self-reflective. We talked a lot about self-reflection in our episode with Armand um, and just being kind of honest to yourself about not only what can I handle, but what is functional? What can I give to this group? Alicia, you kind of alluded to this earlier with the people who said, you know, I can't, handle this group right now I'm holding you back so I'm going to step aside and being willing to look at yourselves and I think that's something our listeners can can learn from a group like inversion in terms of that uh, emotional honesty and self-reflectiveness uh, to best understand where their group can go so on that we got to take one more quick break and then we are going to be right back here on Tacapella. Hey, everybody, it's Aaron here from The Spotlight, the show that's always recorded face-to-face, always live, and always a good time. We spend at least a half an hour every week with a group or artist. We hear their backstory, hear what they're up to these days, and have some conversation while hearing them sing some live tunes. Get more in-depth with your favorite groups, and maybe some you haven't heard of, on The Spotlight every Wednesday at 5 p.m. East and 8 p.m. West, and again on Rebroadcast Sunday. It's all here on Acaville. And welcome back to Tacapella. We've had a really fun episode today talking, uh, Brian and I talking with the members of Inversion Acapella. Uh, Brian, this has been a fun episode, man. It has, man. I've been learning so much and I thought I knew a lot about this group, but there was so much more I had like no idea about. But uh, I'm also loving all the the family dynamics that has kind of carried on. So it's been really exciting. It's been really fun. Really, really illuminating. I think this is an illuminating episode. You're really good with the adjectives. And now now I'm trying to get better at it. So (laughs) I think I think that's the best, best way to put it. Um, Guys, thank you all for all four of you, Kim, Greg, James and Alicia for coming on today. We're going to try and figure out how to do this, but, uh, well, sorry, Brian's always the one who introduces the advice. So Brian, please, please lead us in. I appreciate that. So as per tradition, it's your thing, you know, yeah, it kind of is, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I'm not going to deny that. So, uh, sticking with the tradition of this show on our final segment, we always like to leave our audience, you know, with something they can take away from, uh, something that we discussed or something that our guests might be willing to impart upon them. So we always allow our guests to offer some advice to the acapella community. It can be, um, you know, something relevant to what we discussed tonight. It can be something that's been weighing on your mind about acapella in general. It can be to one person because I know no one's ever done it. No one's ever done it. One person advice. Yeah. One day. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to pose that same question to you all, you know, and and, in just a few words, you know, if you could offer some advice to our community, you know, what would it be? So we're going to start one at a time. Who would. Oh, yeah. Why don't I don't based on at least what I'm saying? Why don't we go Kim, Greg, James, Alicia? That that makes a kind of a actually. No, that doesn't make a circle. But you know what? I said it already. So we're going to stick with it. (laughs) I'm going to go with that. 
right, Kim, why don't you start us off? I would say open communication is really crucial in a group that relies so heavily on each other. Short and sweet. Nice. Greg? I recommend experimentation. People are their own worst critics, so feel free to try something that maybe you're not sure of it'll be good. Most likely people will like it. Very well said. James? Honestly, just have fun doing, you know, if this is something that you really love, then have fun with it. Just have a blast. And Alicia, wrap us up. Okay, mine's like not as cool and exciting as everyone else's and warm fuzzies. Mine actually comes from some personal experience from my time when I was on Noteworthy. I'm kind of reiterating what our director told me at the time. It is okay if you never have a solo. Yes. That was something that was really hard for me in acapella because I was the bass and I had a very specific timber with my bass that none of the other members of the group could kind of get to. Not because of lack of talent, but because just the range of our voices. As a result, I was never selected for a solo because nobody could hit those bass notes. And that that was really hard for me. And I felt like I wasn't really contributing to the group as much because of that. And then we had a rehearsal that I was not present at. And my first rehearsal back, all of the girls, oh my gosh, Alicia, we sang without the bass and it was so weird. It sounded so empty. And, and that was something that was really validating for me. And I realized, yeah, I can make an impact without being the soloist because the soloist is going to be the one who's seen really like on stage or paid attention to the most when they're singing all those lyrics. But the whole point is you're in an acapella group. When there's a part that's missing, the group is no longer complete. And so every every part of that group is equally important. Yeah, well, well said. Yeah. Oh, oh, that was cute. Oh. We both just said that at the same time. Maybe we can edit it so it sounds like we said it at exactly the same time. As, yeah. Do you want to hold our hands up to the camera to make a little heart? No. No. no, 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 no. Yeah. Let's not. Let's not ruin the moment. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Alicia. Uh, translate well on podcast. <laughs> So uh, thank you all for this such wonderful advice. If people wanted to get in touch with Inversion, find out more information about them, you know, visit your social media pages. Where could they find all of that information? Where should they go to? So we are on Facebook under Inversion Acapella. We're also on Instagram. We have a Gmail. Email us at, which is inversionslc at gmail.com. And then we've also got a website, which is inversionacapella.org. So there's a lot of ways that you can reach us. Yeah. And we have a YouTube channel. For those of you on Instagram, the Instagram account, whatever username, whatever. Handle? I'm I'm not all. Username? Yeah, handle. The Instagram handle for the group is inversion underscore SLC, SLC for Salt Lake City. Awesome. Brian, if people want to get a hold of you, man, how can they do it? Tell us uh, your you can, in, tell us your Instagram. <laughs> tell us your Instagram. I'm, I'm not revealing the Instagram. I'm, one, so I dude on on my last episode. I I'm gonna. I'm gonna I want to reveal it. Just like as I'm leaving, I'm like farewell, Tacapella. By the way, his Instagram is, and then just just like cut it off, like so no one hears it. The very end, the outro music just starts. I love that. Pull the sponge. Do pull the if anyone remembers the SpongeBob secret formula episode where he's about to say it. And then the, <laughs> then, it, then the credits start. That's exactly what's going to happen. Amanda, please do that for the final, John's <laughs> final episode. So, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get a hold of me on Twitter, you can always find me at the Brian Alex Brian with an I. And then for all the work that I do with College Acapella, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at College Acapella. Everyone, you can find me in the same place on Twitter and Instagram at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S. Follow Tacapella at Tacapella on Twitter. Check us out on our website, tacapella.org. You can also listen to almost every single episode of Tacapella, except the one I lost, Rest in Peace, episode number five. I inadvertently <laughs> deleted you. Uh, you can check us out there. There's, there's, I just put on the thing, like, lost episode. There's nothing interesting. I literally lost it. And then you can please follow everything on Acaville Radio, A-C-A-V-I-L-L-E-R-A-D-I-O, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the different platforms. Check out Acaville Radio for all the fun stuff we're doing. This has been episode 98. Just a reminder for people listening, 100 is uh, is, is when I'm piecing out after doing 100 episodes, I'm calling it calling it good, which has been such a fun time. This is a really great episode to have is 98, just an episode with a lot of illuminating topics. Members of Inversion, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate having you here. Yeah, thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Glad yeah, to be thank here. you. Episode 99 is going to be with Acaville founder, Aaron Director, and then stay tuned for episode 100. It's Deke Sharon. It's it's the dude. It's the guy. He's coming on. It's going to be it's going to be it's going to be great. Everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Tacapella. For everything Acapella, please stay tuned.